Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast, The Ins and Outs of uh, Selling a Business. So today I was uh, I was thinking about a topic that is uh, critical to every business, every aspect of every business, uh, cuts a, across a broad spectrum of industries, whether you're in manufacturing, distribution, IT, uh, healthcare, healthcare services, or whatever, that if there is a uh, incident, um, could significantly affect uh, or disrupt your business, and even cause uh, the value of your business to be to be uh, compromised. So that topic is cybersecurity, and I think we get inundated daily with incidents or uh, in, about people getting hacked, uh, mainly big businesses, but I'm sure that the small companies get hacked as well. You just don't hear about it. So today I, I'm really excited to uh, bring on a guest to help us break down cybersecurity and how to put in a strong plan to protect your biggest asset, your company. And I'm here today to introduce uh, to our audience, uh, Dara Fitzpatrick. Welcome, Dara. Hey, how are you? How's everything? Um, thanks for being here. Dara's originally from um, Ireland. He has spent uh, over 25 years uh, working with clients, uh, both small and large, implementing strong uh, IT uh, services to their businesses. Uh, currently, he's a partner, and correct me if I misspell, with the Tabush Group. Tabush is, uh, uh, is a company based in uh, New York City. Uh, they currently service clients in over 27 states. They um, are very uh, integral with their clients in design, building uh, strong IT platforms as well as cybersecurity. So, Dara, welcome and thanks for being with us. I know you have a lot going on your plate these days. Thanks, Keith. It's good to be here uh, and uh, looking forward to this conversation. Great. So, I mean, we're all affected by cybersecurity, right? I mean, it's either even you get a call uh, or that dreaded email from your, uh, your credit card company, your airline, your healthcare provided. We apologize for this inconvenience. We're going to give you free service, you know, over the next monitoring your credit report over the next couple of years. So everybody's affected by hacking, whether it's directly or indirectly. Um, when it comes to a business, right? If, if there's a hack or, a, a potential for a hack, um, it could have a huge impact. So, you know, 20 years ago, you'd put a disk in your computer and you load up an antivirus software and you're done, right? Today, it's a whole new ball game. So, you know, how did we get here? I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think about when, when I first uh, came to New York and, and, um, you know, at that point would be considered myself an IT consultant, you know, bringing expertise to the table in this area to smaller businesses, showing them how to leverage IT. To think about what I was doing there at that point in time to what we're doing now uh, from a solution standpoint, it's so drastically different. Uh, and we still focus mainly on small to mid-sized business. Um, I think the word that I use constantly to, to describe what's changed is technology is now intrinsic into every aspect of what we do, both personally and professionally. Um, therefore, any interruption of that technology's ability to achieve the functionality that we use it for is majorly disruptive. Um, and now that means that security is something that we have to think of both individually and professionally 
con- consistently in everything we do. It, it can't be an afterthought anymore. Um, if you buy a product for your child, I just bought my child for his first iPhone, um, or if he's watching Santa brought the <laughs> brought the iPhone for for my first child, and the first thing that came to my mind is um, before he even picked it up is how can I make sure that this device can do what I need him to 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 do, but do it in a way that protects him. Um, that's something we wouldn't have thought about initially 10, 15 years ago when, when these devices came into our came into our hands. And that's the same thing from an IT perspective from your for your business. Yeah. So we used and leveraged technology to get things done for the last 20 years, of course, and 30 years in small businesses. But it wasn't intrinsic to the operation of the business. If your server went down, if email stopped, um, you know, you could function. I think email was the first thing that we came across in, a, in the IT world that um, basically, when disrupted, stopped business. You know, people could use the phone. People still had paper. People still interacted in different ways. Um, and I actually recall the first worldwide um, security breach of email systems it was in 2002 by a, something called the I Love You virus. And uh, I, I distinctly remember that being a very panicked time for IT professionals because everybody had gotten so used to communicating through email that not being able to use email was a huge disruption to every aspect of every part of the business. Right. And now we are there in that place for any piece of technology, more or less. Right. So it's it's interesting that you bring this up, right? Because it, it is integral to every aspect of running a company today. So you know, from selling, so from a planning perspective, when you're selling a business. Uh, you kind of look at your financials, your operations, your people, and then there's this little section way down in the below called, you know, cybersecurity. And, you know, 10 years ago, or even five years ago, when we do, when uh, our client was being diligenced by a uh, potential buyer, you know, you check off a couple boxes on cybersecurity and that's it. Today, it's its own separate quote unquote work stream where the buyer is bringing a specialized consultant to look at cybersecurity and how strong you are and how weak you are. So when you're planning, you know, and you're preparing your company for sale, it's something that most owners, you know, really don't focus on, especially the smaller companies, right? So, you know, why, you know, why is it so important to have a good cybersecurity plan and what are the key things you should be thinking about as a business owner, you know, uh, using a, a firm like yourself as a resource, you know, how to protect myself, not just my, my business, but my employees, because they're getting inundated daily, no matter how good you are, because, you know, there's always human error about, you know, clicking on the wrong link or email or whatever. So maybe you can just talk a little bit about how, how you guys work that way and how you pre- help a company prepare itself to be safeguarded and secure. So I'm sure on the sales side, you've probably heard that the mantra, uh, every business owner should be operating their business as if they wanted to sell it. Um, so in other words, understand what brings value to a, to a company, to the market. Um, even if you have no intention of selling, you should be doing or thinking that way to make sure you're investing in the right uh, areas of your business, that you're you know, bringing the right people, the right resources, and using the right uh, process to drive your business forward. And cybersecurity and IT is most definitely one of the things that you need to uh, invest heavily in and 
have the expertise around you to make sure you're, you're leveraging the right solutions, securing the right solutions, and allowing your people to be productive. I think that when it comes to cyber, there's a couple of things that stop people investing. And the main one is, uh, which is somewhat shocking to me a little bit, is, oh, it'll never happen to me. That's going to happen to somebody else. And uh, that's the main blocker for people saying, um, I am, I'm not at risk. And that's the first thing. That's the first question that everybody running a business, managing a business, owning a business should be asking them and asking themselves is, what risk am I open to? Uh, and then understand, once you understand your risks, that's going to immediately propel you to mitigate the right risks with the right investment. So to negate the mantra that it's going to happen to somebody else and not me, you just have to realize that over 90% of breaches occur um, through email. Uh, in other words, somebody receiving something in their inbox, uh, opening it up, take, not really taking notice of who sent it, what the subject matter is, if it's relevant to a point in time of anything they're dealing with, looking at a link or an attachment without reading the context of the, of the, um, of the, contact, of the content of the email, and just drawing themselves to opening the attachment or opening the link or giving a piece of information they shouldn't, uh, and now you have a breach situation. And every company on the planet uses email. So therefore, right away, that means you're at risk and you need to mitigate that risk. Uh, secondly, every breach, is, every breach involves people. About I think the, I'm type of reminding, remembering some uh, data from the Verizon breach report that comes out every year, which actually is a very good report for any business owner to read as well. It's very easy to read. It's not very long. It's about 20 odd pages. And it explains things in a very simple fashion. Uh, and that will talk about risk. So Verizon Breach Report is something you can download online uh, for free. Um, about 94 or 95% of breaches in, involve the, ind the individual sitting at the desk. Um, and we talk about this a lot in IT. We talk about the fact that it's very hard to breach computers, to breach systems. It's quite easy to breach a person. Yeah, you're uh, saying that. So yeah, so yeah. it's because it, I get the emails, right? And I, 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 yeah, you know, in conversations with you, and we've known each other for years, like I never just like click on anything anymore. I always take a, a hard look at it. I always, you know, make sure I, and I, I, if I have any suspicion whatsoever, you know, I delete it. But the, the hackers, the cyber criminals are getting really good at masking things these days. I Maybe mean, used to put up these you know, from Microsoft. And it was like, you could look at it and you knew it was fake today. Right. To your point that your first line of defense is your employees because they're at the computer and are going to click on something. They're really sophisticated in how they are under graphics, I should say, when you send an email through. So to your point, you know, I read something the other day. It's like, there's two types of people, those who have been hacked and those who are going to be hacked. Right. Cause you've got right. inundated daily. And so, um, so it's important, like you said, for a business owner that, because you're going to add, the questions are coming up, right? They're coming up in very, uh, detail, uh, from specific consultants about what is your current cybersecurity plan? Have you been hacked? How has it disrupted your business? Um, 
how does it affect your customers or in your vendors relationships because of uh, a breach, so to speak. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, once you do get hacked and it has a, it gets outside quote unquote, the business itself, you know, the perception is that, you know, are these guys managing their company correctly? So, you know, to your point, um, having that plan in place, implementing a plan and, you know, implement is one thing monitoring, right? I'm sure that's a lot of what you guys do in addition to implementing is like you guys are really watching uh, or through whether it's through AI or through your, or through the cloud or through uh, uh, your, 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 your team, just really watching what your clients are doing to make sure that they're, you know, a good practice. Is that a fair point? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I, I'm sure when um, you're doing deals, everything is an indicator of, of what the person is either buying or selling, right? And anything that shows a, say, a poor practice in that area of the business is going to be a red flag to the buyer, to the buyer of that business, right? They're going to say, wait a second, I want to I wanna jump in on that. And as you said, now cyber's got an own, its own part of the due diligence section is focused on cyber. So if you're going to have some red flags there, that are quite basic, that's going to be an indicator of maybe other parts of the business that are not being uh, ran correctly. And there's some very simple things you can do to mitigate a lot of the risk. Right. Because there's a, there's a couple of things I like to talk about. One, I don't like to talk about hacking when I talk about cyber to small businesses because you're not really fighting hackers um, or that's not the risk you're open to. You're open to cyber criminals. This is, these are people that are using very clever marketing tools and, and data analysis to understand what type of people are working in what industries and how to target them with the right types of information at the right periods of time that enhances the chance of them making a choice to click on something that are provide a piece of information that they shouldn't. This, this is a business. Uh, so every time there's a breach, it's a win for that business. So it's type of like someone's ringing a bell somewhere. Right. If you think about the old, I closed the sale when that happens and uh, at, at a cyber criminal business and they're getting better at it all the time. So while I know you say that, um, you know, you're very conscious of it. Uh, our people are extremely busy. Uh, our people are extremely busy. They're multitasking. You know, it's a, it's a very busy world uh, and it's just one small lack of judgment can have a massive impact on your business, both reputationally and operationally. We're more focused on the reputation here, I think, when we're talking about the valuation. But I think that instead of talking, when I talk to people about cyber at their business, I, I try not to go as far as talking about big plans, right. cybersecurity risk plans, recovery plans. I, I, I break it down to very simple things. You use system A, B, and C. System A, B, and C have risk one, two and three, we need to mitigate those risks. Do you understand why? And once they start on that path of understanding, I'm not protecting myself about what the world says needs to be protected. I'm looking at my business, I'm focused on my industry, I'm focused on my people, and I'm understanding the risks, which are generally the same in fairness, and I'm gonna put in place the protective tools to mitigate those risks. And everything is a mitigation, nothing's a preventative nature. Um, so, that's really what we have to start doing is break it down to very simple conversations and talk about risk and mitigation of risk. 
Right. And then you can climb that ladder and as your business grows and opens itself into different areas, you can start becoming a lot more serious about breach protection plans and uh, breach response plans and, and all those types of things that once you, have, once you have the risk mitigation in place, they're the next steps. Yeah, and it's, it's not just, you know, um, it's not just protecting itself for your, for your own purposes, but, you know, when you're selling a company and the due diligence team comes in, and they say, okay, let's go through you. You know, you know what history you have, what any 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 breaches, and what what things you've implemented, how they working, you know, uh, and and also you know your current systems, how whether they uh, are older systems um, or, or or new technology. But it's also what we're seeing is a lot is uh, the customers want to understand because you could be dealing with some sensitive products for them, you know. Uh, uh, for example, we just uh, we sold a company last um, uh, yeah, just less than a year ago in the uh, you know aerospace, right? And, and if you now in order to be compliance to do certain work, you cannot get contracts with major you know tier one suppliers unless you have a plan, and it's consistent and compliant with you know the requirements because if there's a breach, you could be working on a very sensitive you know military. Uh, device, so to speak, that is, uh, you know, God forbid someone uh, nefarious from overseas got a hold of it and was able to copycat that and manufacture it and puts, you know, puts our, our national defense at risk. So there's a lot of stuff out there now that, you know, as you build your business and grow your business and you increase and you look up to, to, you know, bring on new customers, you need to have all these things in place. And so it's important to bring a firm like yourself in to make sure that you're compliant because otherwise you, you, you'll, you'll lose the contract or you won't have a chance to even bid the contract. And so that's important now. And then of course we have a whole kind of a demographic change in how we work today. Right. We're talking about, it's not like everybody goes to the office anymore. So it's like before you kind of had your walls around you, right. Your, your firm, right. Even though you had computers and everybody came to the office and you worked and you went home now, I think every business is hybrid to some extent. So now you have people working from home where there's vulnerabilities expected. So maybe you can a little talk about, you know, how that kind of affects the, you know, security, cybersecurity risk and, and how you protect yourself. Because I don't know of any company right now, even small, our, our clients where, you know, whether it be the uh, a CFO or the head of sales or, or, or operations people, they work a couple of days at home. It's just the way it is, given the current the current economy and the way we live. In order to retain people, you need to be flexible. But that also opens up a whole new area of concern when it comes to protecting your biggest assets, which is your information and and your business. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I think quickly, I would say that most definitely in certain industries, you are more at risk than others. Um, like in that type of industry where you're building a lot of IP and it's IP, you were talking about aeronautical industry and there's IP that other countries may want. That's another level of security beyond maybe the simplistic security I was talking to earlier. The second thing is certain industries have compliance-based um, security. Uh, so therefore they're following a very specific set of standards in their industry that they're audited on, that they have to meet. If they don't meet their, you know, they're going to not be able to, they're actually not going to receive licensing in certain areas. They're not going to be able to do certain things within their industry. Uh, and then lastly, there's what I see a lot of, say, in the legal industry, 
is uh, client-forced requirements, security requirements. So in mm-hmm. other words, say a law firm is dealing with a, um, a financial services firm or an institutional partner, and they have to meet a very specific set of requirements. Like in, in New York State, there's a set of requirements from the Department of Financial Services, the DFS, that states you have to have certain levels of compliance if you're a financial institution. And then there's actually pieces of that uh, legislation that are saying, our compliance standards that are saying, if you work as a partner in those areas, you also have to meet those. And that's falling into the legal world. So most definitely you have compliance, industry-driven security, compliance-driven security. And then a lot of what we're seeing now is in non-compliant industries, the people's clients saying, if you do not meet these necessary standards, you're not going to work with us. Um, and that's a, so that's a very much now a, a um, growing your business type of a business development type of issue, right? If right. you're not meeting the cyber requirements, because you're going to lose contracts or lose business. With regards, the latter piece of your point was this new hybrid workforce um, and how that impacts security. So if I'm going to take a piece of your statement where before we were working within the four walls of an office space. So if you just think about security from a physical standpoint uh, and take away the thoughts of cyber, <clears throat> anything within a perimeter is much, much easier to secure, right? Because it's you can put up walls, even in a virtual world, like in your IT world, you can put up very specific hard walls when people are working with inside a virtual, with inside a perimeter. So the big difference that changed uh, post that changed March 13, 2020 was every IT person's role was not to think security essentially for smaller businesses. I'm not talking about for larger businesses, but it was make my systems accessible uh, because I need to be productive. Let's get through that. Now we're past that. We're in a hybrid world. It's very important that people realize that opening things up means generally loosening security. Um, also it means that the security you had in place within that perimetered office, it's not, that's no longer laying where your people are, may not be in place where your people is. So what I type of use is I use the term that in an accessible world, your security now needs to be elastic. It needs to stretch and follow where your people are actually working from. Um, and there's two ways to really do that. You either centralize your IT functionality somehow and then <clears throat> distribute your people, or you distribute your people and your technology and security with those people. So you have to make sure that you're reflecting on that as a business owner. Have you stopped in the last year and, and taken a major review of your IT to say, I changed things to make things productive in the pandemic. Now I need to make sure that all those changes are not actually making, have, have not actually opened up new risk that I wasn't, that I wasn't uh, open to before. And then you have to start addressing that risk. And there's lots of different things, but the main thing really is, is that that person could be using any type of device. That device might not be secured in the same way when it's outside the office. Um, proliferation of data now because people are taking data outside that perimeter and working on it and then could be putting it in different places. It means it's not backed up. It means that an individual device now being hacked could be just as much a risk as your systems within your office being hacked because you 
have to know where your data is stored and where your people are putting it. Um, so there's a whole new set of risks that you have to review and that you now have to mitigate. Um, and a lot of firms have not done that. And that's why over the last two years, there's been a, uh, a massive rise in, in, in cyber breach, actually. Uh, it's not lessened. It's, it's massively increased. Yeah. So, and, and the more you diversify, the more you allow your flexibility in the workforce, which is really critical now. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the number one issue with most, even, even though we're, you know, you hear people laying off in the, in the, uh, tech space right now, there's still a dearth, especially manufacturing. They can't find people. So at every level, um, so you're, 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 you're accommodating the individual new employee to entice them to work for you, which also opens up a whole new, uh, set of risks when it comes to, uh, your information. So what I'm hearing from you, which is critical is that it's not a, you know, one shoe fits all type of thing. It's like, you got to evolve as you evolve with your workforce in order to protect your assets. And these are the kind of questions we get uh, from potential uh, sell, uh, buyers when they're coming to see our companies is, you know, where's your workforce? How's it, how you manage your workforce? What do you, I mean, even when you throw in independent contractors, you know, people that are, have access to your information, your systems, it's a whole thing that, that if you can communicate to the potential buyer, this is where we started. This is our plan. This is what we're looking to do future. And we feel confident this is going to give us uh, the maximum security as possible in this current market. That gives them comfort. And if you provide comfort to a buyer, that's going to increase value or at least maintain the value that you had. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to unpack here. And, um, I know you're busy. I'd love to have you come back because I want to just maybe, you know, pick your brain, uh, uh, and talk about some, some tips and some suggestions and some practical solutions you can do to kind of, get your, your team, your employees involved. So they're, you're thinking about these things when they open up their computers in the morning. So if you're okay with that, I'll, uh, have you back for an, uh, another session of, uh, of our podcast and we'll, we'll continue this conversation because it's a critical component component to running a business. And, um, a lot of people don't pay a lot of attention to it. Yeah. Most definitely Keith. I would love to. Great. Well, Dara, I'll, I am looking forward to having you back because there's a lot to talk about. Um, everybody, thanks for joining us today. Uh, my name's Keith D. I'm president of Osage Advisors. Uh, we're a boutique uh, merger and acquisition firm working with business owners with revenues of $5 million and greater. Um, you can learn more about our firm by visiting our website at osageadvisors.com. Feel free to shoot me an email at kdee at osageadvisors.com or pick up the phone and give me a call at 860 767 3273 extension 1001. Thanks again for um, being with us today and have a great day.